Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, uh, welcome back, guys, uh, to Open Heart Cast. We're coming to you live, straight out of Riddickworth. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to doing this one. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, the mic's fine. Sorry, I'm just making sure it's in uh, in the right place. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's good good to see you again, brother. It's good mm. to see you again for sure. Well, it's been too long. What's it been like? Two weeks. <laughs> I missed you. It's been so long. It's two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but we've been busy, hey? You've yeah. been grafting, dude. Mm. You've been grafting in amongst. You know, moving everything around my fucking workshop because it mm. irritated me. Well, I've had to do the same. Yeah, well, you've got a shit ton of new equipment to put in. <laughs> don't, don't even dare say I didn't work for it. Yes, <laughs> I worked it. Shane, yeah. Tim actually, Tim and Jack came through uh, to, to help, help me. Unload it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were extremely helpful. Interesting watching Jack order people around. <laughs> He's good at it, you know. This yeah. is the thing. That's. That's why I wanted you guys here because mm. I don't think the guys who don't work with lathes and machinery and things, they don't understand that, it, especially with a lathe, if you yeah. drop a lathe, there's going to be some ramifications. It's yeah. going to throw it out of alignment or I'm, I'm not sure what it can all do, but I'm sure it's not going to be accurate. Anymore. Ask Alex, Alex Steele. I mean, when they set up their shop oh. in Montana, they dropped his oh. lathe and the milling machine. Um, and the milling machine. Oh, the milling machine oh. is fine. Yeah, so don't drop machines when you're moving them. Apparently, it's, a it's not a good idea. No, it's not a great idea. <laughs> so, yeah, we're running a, a, a live stream at the moment on Facebook. Mm. Uh, we're gonna First, we're going to talk about the Jeffrey and the, the raffle we're doing for it. Um, yeah. So, if you want to get tickets for the raffle, um, go to the Open Heart Cast on Instagram and uh, just send a DM there and... Uh, you can organize the tickets that way. Yeah. Um, the tickets are 50 South African rand. Uh, and for overseas people, I think it's $4. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And uh, the only thing is for overseas people, if you win it, there might be a shipping cost. Yeah. Depending on, on what we can organize. Yes, yes. But for local, for South Africa, we, we shipping is covered. Yes, yes. And, um, yeah, so we, we, we're very appreciative of the... Of the uh, response so far. Yeah, this has been really good. We've sold. I think it was maybe fifty tickets. Yeah, it's probably about fifty tickets we sold so yeah. far. Um, and that was in the first day. Of day, first day or two days. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, guys, if you the tickets are limited, so I suggest you get at it and, and organize some tickets. Yeah. Uh, we'll be closing the entries on Sunday. At the Brooklyn at, at the Brooklyn Knife Show. Sunday, um, right at the end of the Brooklyn Knife Show. So even if you guys want to come and enter there, if there are still tickets, <clears throat> if there aren't, we might make additional plans. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really, really nice knife for 50 mm. bucks for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. paying 50 bucks for a knife like this. Dude. Jeepers, yeah. Unheard of. Yeah, so <laughs> you're going to have to move on, on getting the tickets because mm. uh, we might sell out. Yeah. Uh, 
we're just going to punt the, the Brooklyn Live show again. Um, so it's at the Queen's Park Auditorium at Brooklyn Mall in Pretoria, 4th to 6th December. Uh, be there or be square. If you can't be there, send money. Yes, lots, lots of it. Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a um, some shirts there of of what we we're not gonna have any shirts for sale necessarily I don't think mm. um, but we're gonna have some shirt options that we're gonna be flipping wearing but we're not yeah. unfortunately we're not gonna have any shirts for the show but um, yeah it's gonna be cool and we're gonna do a couple of these Jeffries we've already spoken about a. Uh, a giraffe bone. Yeah, a giraffe bone. Version. Yeah. yeah, that should be pretty good. That would be incredible. Maybe with a little bit fancier steel, you know, something like yeah. uh, 1085 or something like that. Yeah, Not fancy, but just that you can do a hamon on it, you know. Yeah, I yeah. think 1085 will, yeah. will go down very well. Yeah, yeah. Forge it up. Get it done. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just it's a little bit distracted here because mm. they're running out of uh, electricity at home. Oh, shucks. So I need to buy some units. Buy some units. <laughs> so anyways, guys, what I'm doing at the moment, what I've been doing for the past couple of days is um, stressing big time. <laughs> because uh, Brooklyn Knife Show is coming up and I've had so many things to keep me busy. Um, and I've been, man, it's been crazy. Reorganizing the entire workshop, uh, getting machines in their place, and just being absolutely worn out from all of that, as well as the fact that I need to um, absolutely get cracking with all the knives that I'm mm -hmm. making for Brooklyn. Uh, so, and this is this is something I wanted to discuss, just mm -hmm. based on that. Mm -hmm. And Tim Tim and I spoke a little bit about it earlier, but I never. This is something I wanted to to talk about. You know, I came to a bit of a a hum a humbling experience the other day while I was grinding. Yeah. Cause you've got this you've got this image in your head that you've 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 made knives before, you've done some consistent plunge lines and things like that, and you you kind of almost get to a place where you're like, Okay, I know that I that I'm not absolutely skilled, but I know that I can do certain things. Mm. And then yes, I agree you have to go into into anything with a level of confidence, mm. but you shouldn't be overconfident about it. Yeah. And that's what I did. That's what I did. I was so confident in my ability to, mm. and this is something I said to Jack the other day, because he phoned me about it, and I had I had just stuffed up a knife. So it's on the it's on the wall of shame again. Yeah. Um, it, it will be available for sale who, who wants to buy it. No, 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 no. I, I don't sell shit, guys. <laughs> if it doesn't, it's, if it's not good enough for me, it's not good enough for anybody else. Yeah. Right? So, so the thing is, I stuffed this knife up and I was trying to fix it, trying to fix it, and I thought, no, you, you're wasting time, wasting yeah. belts, wasting, just, just leave it, mm. cut your losses, take it, mm. put it on the wall, shame. Um, but that's the thing. I was super, super confident that I was just gonna. I didn't even put any like marks down or where I want the plunge mm. line to be. You know, some guys don't have to do that, but yeah. I'm the kind of guy where I need a reference point until my eye, eye gets trained well enough. I I normally put a reference line and yeah. then, then I go a little bit faster. And and this <laughs> is this is the amazing thing. Like mm. I I spent time on that on that knife trying to rectify it. And then I started getting 
a little more confidence about this grind that I was trying to do. And I was like, okay, if I can just apply this simple aspect and get it consistent on all these other knives that I have to do, then I'll be okay. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I cracked a whole bunch of knives. And I'm not, mm. look, I'm not blowing smoke up my own ass, but what I'm trying to say is that I got it right. And that was because I was more, more focused on, mm. on being more methodical about the process. Yeah, I think there's sometimes where you, you, you've just got to, you can't force it, as I said to you. You've, you've got to try and uh, relax a bit, not yeah. try and uh, try too hard. If you need to just relax a yeah. little bit, you you, ha you have the ability to do it. So it's just a matter of clearing the thoughts yeah. and, and just focusing on the simple basic steps. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it was. I think it was a good lesson as well. But the, here's the other thing, here's the other thing, is that I had to make this, this set again because I made it out of um, three millimeter stock to begin with and mm -hmm. it turned out that I just stuffed that grind up so many times mm -hmm. that it became like a razor blade, like mm -hmm. it was so flippin' done. Mm -hmm. So I had to make them again and now this is the third knife of the, of the two attempts that I fucked up. Yeah. And you kind of feel like... And this is the thing, it was like such an internal battle mm. because you, you feel bummed. You're like, yeah. this is bullshit. Like, I should mm. be able to do this. What am I doing? Why mm. am I doing this? And you, you like, you're knocking yourself. You're hitting mm. yourself down so hard mm. because you think, is this, is this really all I've learned in this period of time? Is mm. this my capabilities? And you start feeling really down. Yeah, it's that negative self-talk. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. And I caught myself doing that and I said, no. No, no, no. We're not going to go there. Mm. Stop. Just go and do something else. And that's something I've, I've learned from from guys like Jack. Because mm. he'll he'll fuck something up pretty bad. Mm. At some some, I'm not saying he does it all the time, but mm. he'll he'll fuck something up, and then he'll be like, "Shit, oh well." And then he goes and, and does something to to either fix it or mm. or he discards it. Yeah. Um. And and that's the thing. You've got to walk away from it because your time is your fucking money. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's it actually takes a, a bit of courage to just to say, hang on, chuck this in the bucket bucket, or leave it. Let me go do something else. Yeah. Um, because you you're now getting frustrated, and frustration is your worst enemy. It is. It is. Here's the other thing. This is something that I found so incredibly interesting. <clears throat> because, okay, so last night I. Uh, well, yesterday I was I was grinding and uh, trying to get these consistent plunge lines and everything, and taking it through the grits and so on. And in the evening, I smoked a joint. Right? I went to bed, and I was lying in bed, and I closed my eyes, and I could literally see myself grinding a specific part of the knife, mm. and it was the plunge line. Mm. Because it's motoring through your brain every single mm. time. You go, you go to that knife. You go to the next knife. You go to the next knife. You're doing mm. the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, and it becomes such an in-depth thing in your brain that you can mm. actually visualize it mm. in your brain accurately. Well, I and 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 sorry, no. Tim. I just want to say this point real quick because it's so powerful. Is there have been studies done on people who visualize doing a specific thing mm. 
And because they visual, and I'm talking about physical activities, mm. physical activities like archery, mm. like running a course, we know golf that, swings, yeah, things. golf swings, all of these things, all of these things, like we know the, the method of the mind palace and how's mm. that, how that works. Mm. Now, it shows you that if you can use your mind to, to practice abilities of memory, mm. you should be able to translate that as well into your uh, abilities to to focus on what you're trying to do in your head while you're not doing it. Mm. And there have been proven studies mm. that visualizing the end process of where you want to be is is this is this profound thing that we can all do. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly run uh, David Goggins' uh, autopsy again. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we talk about motivation, and he's clearly your motivation because you're always talking about him. Yeah, but uh, he said um, uh, when he did the, the first bad water, that was his third ultra marathon, and he finished, I think, fifth or something. Yeah. Bearing in mind that he was not, he's, he wasn't an ultra runner, but he finished fifth, and uh, he said what got him to the end was he had watched. Um, the ending of a previous one, and the guy who won it that year, he won it the, the year previously, whatever. And there was this picture of this guy sitting under a tree in the shade at the finish line, and he had said he had that picture in his mind the whole fucking way. Um, and that's what got him to the end, because I mean, it's 135 mile, mile race through the fucking desert in like scorching hot sun, not in the winter, in summer. And he said that that visual image of the guy at the end. He said, "That's that's what he had in his mind, and that's what what got him through." So it was like visualizing your goal of where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. He's got to be one of the most mentally powerful people I know. Like yeah. that's the, well, I don't know him, but mm. what I'm trying to say, I know of. Mm. He's incredibly mentally powerful, and mm. and this is the thing mm. about the the connection between the physical body and mm. the brain. Mm. You, you can't be, you, you can be strong either mentally mm. and physically, or you can be strong one of the two, or you can be neither. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. You have to be conscious of both. And I think that's where working out and doing, mm. doing things that physically challenge you and push you down, mm. push you down into the ground where you mm. literally cannot do anymore. Mm. It's empowering because mm. you know what you're capable of. But it's also humbling because you know you have limitations. Yeah. And I think that uh, especially physical activities, so mm. Trenton's doing some exercise and shit. I normally run. I haven't, I've been a lazy fat ass lately. So I'll be, the, I'll be the, honest with you. I don't like running. I hate running. I don't like running either, but it's such a mentally clearing activity. I can, I can imagine. Yeah. And, um, <coughs> David Goggins, he says, you, nothing good comes without suffering. So you have to sort of embrace the suck. And <laughs> but it's actually I, I say I don't like running, but I actually I do like running. For the for the mental clarity. Um, <coughs> because there's you're not thinking about or you can think about other things, but a lot of the times I'm smelling like if it's been raining or you can smell mm. people brying. Mm. That is amazing. And then you're like Okay, I've got to get home now because I'm. That would make me want to. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me want to stop jogging. Like no. I would be like, I'm gonna go clap a booty roll right now. <laughs> like, oh man, whenever mm. you smell people brying, don't don't you get jealous? 
Yeah, it's like you get so you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's such a it's such a thing. Like you, you, like my neighbors will be brying one day, yeah. and I'll be smelling, and I see the smoke, and they're having a jaw, and they're mm. laughing, and I'm like, God damn, man, why? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to be brying right now. Yeah. It's like it's such a. I, I, I want to say it's a South African thing, but I'm sure every 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 place has got their thing where they yeah. are, where they've got that to them as well. Yeah. Anyway, so what else should we talk about? Um, <laughs> What's on your mind at the moment? At the moment, yes. Uh, no, it's not something I want to talk about. Now. Right, 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 right. But uh, we'll get we'll get to it. It's just. Right now, it's still a bit raw, so... Yeah, sure, sure. Trenton knows, but uh, yeah, yeah. we'll get to it in another episode. We'll, we'll get to it in another episode. I think we need to talk about... Po- oh, yeah, I, politics? I no, 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 it's politics. <laughs> positive things. No politics. I want to What's that? Even Jason Knight can say, put sack, put sack. Dude, I laughed so hard at that. I was like, what is this? This is the video of ending up. Put sack. I love it, dude. I love it. Yo, fuck, because he can look so mean, eh? Mm. But you can see the humor coming out right at the end. Yeah. Like, he's, you can see he clearly wants to flip and die laughing. Ah, oh, he's so incredibly funny. Uh, uh, on the way here, I dropped off um, three knives at Sean uh, for, sh- for leather work. Um, yeah, did you get him to buy a ticket? No, I forgot. <laughs> Fuck squirrels, man. <laughs> Jesus, they're abundant. But uh, they're not completely finished, but they, they the blades need to be hand sanded on two of them. His knives? The knives that I dropped off at Sean. These are knives of the show. Okay. So two, two of the blades need to be hand sanded. The other one, the handle just needs to be hand sanded. Mm. But they're good enough for leather work. And I've got other knives I need to work on. I've forced out a piece of sand mask. So mm. <clears throat> tomorrow I'm going to grind the wells off to see how well the, the forge welding took. Because I, having the CO2 weld or the mid welder, I just weld it all the way around. So no fucking air can get But enough problems with <laughs> But I, I did, I did uh, most of the forging under the fly press, Yeah. Uh, except the edge on. Okay. The edge on I did on, on the anvil, because otherwise I have to change the fucking position of the handle. So okay. I thought, now. And the, the, the fly press works very well for forge welding, because it's a, it gives enough oomph, mm. but it's not... Uh, when you're forge welding with a hammock, you hit it too hard sometimes, the steel can bounce apart. Okay. Yeah, so... That's why a lot Is that of, during the, the setting of the world? Set, during the setting of the okay. world. So that's why I actually wanted to speak to Grant about it because he he tried some Damascus. He's been it. experimenting, yeah. Um, and he's it. using thin materials. So you need to be careful, especially when it's thicker material, it's not so much of a problem. But when you're using thinner material. Like what's the. 3 mil? Uh, yeah, under 3 mil and under, I would say, because it can bounce apart. Remember, you've got a, quite a big stack. Sure. And, I saw the, the length of the pieces he cut, mm. and I would have cut them shorter okay. and made the stack taller, because he's got a power hammer, and that power hammer hits the living daylights out of it. And it also hits square, like hits square. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so there's no chance of it like, yeah, and bouncing out. When I've made Damascus on that power hammer when it was a jog. Um, oh yeah, you've used it. Eh? I yeah. haven't used it. So you you got to you feather the. Um, it's depressed. It's committed suicide. Mm, mm. You've got to feather the, the hammering on the first heat. 
But after the first hit, then you've got to hit it as hard as that hammer will. You've got to stay yeah. on the pedal. Yes. Because time is scale. So you want to draw it out as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, and I mean, once the well's set the first time, when you hammer it the second time, and the trick is as well, don't take it out the forge, hold it, have it out the forge for too long. And I think that's a, yeah, yeah. That's a mistake a lot of people do in the beginning. Mm. I know I did it a lot. Um, so just hit it hard on the ham, the power hammer, back in the forge because you lose heat, and it takes longer to heat up again. Yeah. So and you've got to have the patience to let it get up to temperature. Yeah. That I'm 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 saying, yeah, because I've seen it in action, mm. and it's very very. Um, I have seen Jack make Damascus <coughs> a couple of times, and I've seen him make flipping mm. stainless Damascus a couple of times as yeah. well. Incredible. So he'll like, he'll uh, he'll heat the forge up like, like a good. Oh, I don't know how long he takes to heat his forge up, but mm. he'll set it up before time, and it's a while before he even sticks the steel in. Mm. Then he sticks that bullet in, he gets it up to temp. He'll check. He's like, ah, oh, not yet, not yet, not yet, and he'll take it out. And then light taps. Mm. It's hard, but it's mm. not fucking hard, mm. right? Anyway. Then he puts it back in. Mm. I think he does it again. Puts it back in, and then he slams it. Yeah, slams it. So yeah, it's but it but it's always quick. Mm. It's always quick. Like obviously, the longer it gets, obviously there's a little bit more time on the mm. on the anvil per se. But yeah, yeah, it's but after your say after your first three heats, then mm. then you can take you can you can hit it. You can take a little bit longer, but you can move it. Yeah. The, the longer you have it out, the colder it gets, the yes. longer it takes to heat up again. Mm. So, yeah, the speed is important when it comes to Damascus. Look, I've never made it solo, so I don't mm. I don't want to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. I never want to give that, that impression. Well, you but, know shit anyway, so. What's that? <laughs> you know shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is yeah. the thing, like, don't want to ever talk about stuff that mm. I don't really know much about, but... Mm. I've seen it done, and I've forged a little bit with mm. Jack some twist twist pattern maskers, fifteen mm. and twenty and ten, seventeen. Yeah, and it came out well, but mm. that was only because it was under Jack's instruction. Um, yeah, you know, if you if you're learning from somebody who can <coughs> tell you step by step until you wait a bit longer for it to heat up properly. Yes, yes, and teach you mm. the patience because the patience is the thing. Mm. Like you. You cannot be a knife maker or any sort of craftsman mm. if you do not have patience. Yeah, and that's the thing. And if you mm. if you're not patient with it, look, sometimes you just got to get fucking cracking, and you got to make shit happen. Yeah, like now. But the thing is, if you're not pressed for time, mm. sure, work hard, but you've got to be methodical about the process mm. because there are processes that work. Don't try and be a new. Uh, upcoming fucking on look if you find something that works for you great mm. use it but learn how to do it the right way first yeah and then experiment from there yeah you know don't don't try and experiment from the beginning because mm. you're just gonna get fucking frustrated mm. you're just gonna get frustrated you're gonna waste your time learn how to make a simple knife even if you go and get a generic design or for the internet there is places where you can go and get a free design of a knife Take that shit, simple design, cut it out. Don't use fucking recycled shit steel because you don't know what it is. Mm. And the thing is, you don't want to go through all the trouble, find out you can't harden it. Now, 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 what do you do? Yeah. 
No, so, but steel is not that fucking expensive. Well, 5160 is like 140 rand, I think, per liter. Yeah. You can make a lot of noise over that. And if you fuck it up, so what? Make mm. another one. Mm. It's not that expensive. Mm. So, do those things. Mm. And if you need help from somebody who can help you, then great. Go and do it. But, yeah, don't. The, the point is, don't start fucking around before you know what you're doing. Mm. And when I say fucking around, I mean, don't, don't try and do new shit, mm. you know, J- just learn how to make a generic knife, mm. generic design, whatever it is, and try and make a fucking folder for your first knife. I think some guys have done that. They're crazy oh, folders, mofos. Folders are not, not <coughs> Look, that difficult, except that they have moving parts, which is, yeah. But if you, if you want to really uh, um, increase your learning curve. Or, or, or learn faster, do simpler things first. So, <clears throat> do a basic run. A straight, yeah. like this generic hunter type. Yeah. Just do the straight design first. Then start looking at recurve or more complex grinds or things like that. Yeah. But get the basics down properly first. Yes. Because if your basics aren't down properly first, you're going to struggle with every single other knife you make. Yes. And that mm. comes down to design as mm. well. Because if you're trying to design something, and let's say you're a person who's never worked with knives, you don't know entirely how to use them, now you're trying to make a hunting knife or a bushcrafting knife, but mm. you've had no experience with either field. Mm. Now, you can't now say, okay, well, I'm going to draw a hunting knife now, mm. and I'm going to draw it with this big flipping cookery blade or whatever, like just because you can also use it now for chopping. Yeah. No, dude. Like, make something that's been made before. That's that's a that's a simple design. Because even though you may not know how to use that thing properly, mm. somebody else who does mm. will appreciate the way that you've made it. If you want to start out on a on a on a simple type knife, just look for a loveless design. They, dude, pretty straightforward. Um, that I'll show you a hunter later. Mm. That, that I designed and it's and it's something that I've been playing. I've, I saw it about three years ago on the internet. A yeah. very similar concept. Mm. Dude, it's the simplest design, but it just to me it looks elegant and it captures the essence of bushcraft mm. knife. Mm. It's simple, but it's gonna flip and work. Good question. Yes. <coughs> Before I forget, has the jerky been tempered? Yes. Okay. Yes. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking at the blade now and I'm thinking, fuck, has it been tempered? <laughs> no, it has been tempered. Mm. Uh, Jack told me it had been tempered, so okay, it, sh- it shouldn't be like glass. We can drop it if you'd like. No, it's okay. <laughs> I don't drop shit. <laughs> I'll so, it <laughs> so, so anyway, so, mm. so the point is, guys, if, if, if you have an opportunity like where you where you know knife makers go and learn from them a ask them for a very simple design of the specific mm. knife that you're trying to make that mm. you know get get a very simple design from them and a, and a guy who wants you to progress mm. will probably give you a simple design yeah and he'll give you the simple design now you go and make it and you do all these things and then you learn over and over and over and over again. Repetition. I would, I would, that's, the, that's the thing. That's mm. the thing about it. If you make one knife, mm. 
Now you've only got the learning time on one knife. Mm. But if you crack out, like, I don't know, dude, like 10 blades, mm. and you say, okay, I've, mark, I've, I've heat treated them now or whatever, I'm going to mark the lines in where, the, on the center line, mm. and I'm going to start grinding. Mm. You do that on all of them. Okay, and you start grinding. Boom, 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 boom. Do do one task at a time. So profile a couple yes. of blades. So break break the, break the corners. Then do all of those on all the knives. Mm. Then uh, and consistent. Hey, mm. up to the lines. Mm. Then the next thing, you know, start grinding where you want your 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 uh, your grind to end and mm. your and your plunge lines and all of those things. Mm. Look, I'm not a master. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but I'm just saying. It gives you more time in the process. Mm. So if you're breaking lots of corners, mm. then or breaking the edge of the of the mm. knife to bring it more toward the center on both sides, mm. you are doing that on ten knives instead of doing that on one knife and mm. fucking up just on one knife. And then you don't have mm. the time to learn the muscle movements and how mm. to apply pressure and where to apply pressure to achieve different things. Mm. Those are all things you learn, and you will only learn them with time mm. on the grinder. Mm. That is that is all it is. So the more you make, the more successful you, you get at it. Mm. But at the same time, you have to make for longer periods of time. Mm. There's no point in doing five minutes of grinding every single day. There's a huge point in doing an hour's grinding mm. every single day, practicing a specific thing over and over and over again. Yeah, and if you... If you you don't have to do an hour every day, but say you're going to dedicate a, a period of an hour, a minimum of one hour mm. to a task. Yes. Um, and if you can only do one hour a week or one hour three times a week, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, but try focus on one task at a time because it gives you the opportunity to learn. And if you fuck up one, the next one you might get right. Yes. Um, whereas and, and if you fuck up one and then you come back two days later, you try again, you're going to fuck up another one. Sure. This, this is the thing. You actually start to enjoy the process more when you know that you can do this thing relatively well. Mm. And sure, you have bad days sometimes where you mm. feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Mm. And then you, you must stop, think about it, don't go down that rabbit hole of negativity. Mm. It's not good for anybody. Right? And then just take the time back away from it and start again. And, and this is something that I'm just learning out of doing these things myself. Mm. And you find the joy in, in realizing, fuck, I'm starting to learn how to grind. It's great. Mm. This, is, this is great progress. From where I was, mm. it's massive progress. Now, I mean, just in this last week, I felt that mojo coming back from the grinder. Yeah. Because you lose it every now and then. <clears throat> but, um, but that's only because you you're not grinding every fucking day. Yeah, that's the thing. If you were grinding every fucking day, you would be a legend. Mm. I am a legend. You are a legend. <laughs> you are a legend. <laughs> yeah. How dare I? Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are what that? the fuck? So this is the thing. Like, mm. of course you're a legend, dude. But you know, I'm just saying. Like we we as knife makers, I should mm. imagine most people as knife mm. makers. We go through a process. We we yeah. okay. So we forge a couple of knives out or something like that, and then uh, and I'm talking specifically about guys who actually do this properly. Mm. Like you'll see, I'm sure Philip Dunn. 
Like he he fought, and I'm sure it's not only Philip Dunn, it's many mm. other knife makers. They forge like a whole bunch of blades. Like t- mm. today's forging day, yeah. then he fucking knocks out six blades or something, mm. all right, or ten blades or whatever it is, mm. and he knocks it out. That's one skill that he spent shit tons of time doing now, mm. and now he's got it down. Okay, Stuart does. Stuart does the same That's thing. The so thing. He'll, have, he'll have a forge day, and he yeah. will he'll have a, a list of knives he wants to forge. Yeah, and he'll crack them all out. Yeah. And then the next day he'll be on to to free free heat treatment grinding, and he'll do all of them at the same time. Yeah. And then once he's once he gets to final grind, uh. then he'll start working on an on a individual knife to get it done. Yes. So yes. because it to to try and like do all the handles at the same time is a bit of a fucker, in my opinion. But um, he'll like get <coughs> all the knives finished ground, and then he'll start. From the first knife, fit the guard, fit the handle, grind the handle, okay. get it done. Then he goes on to the next one. Right. But um, where it's repetitive stuff like forging or grinding or things like that, yes. then you do a whole lot. And, and yes. I find it, I mean, if you've got steel in the forge, especially if you're running a gas forge, um, working on two or three knives at a time is, is pretty easy. Um, because you you're hammering the whole time, so you're not, you're not waiting for steel to heat up, and you you're saving gas as well by doing that. I should imagine. Yeah. So like on on when was it on Thursday I forged. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, Thursday I forged. I, yeah. I forged a hammer eye drift, and while I was forging <coughs> the hammer eye drift, I finished forging that uh, X. Oh yeah, the small one. The small one. Yeah. And That's cool. while I. While I was uh, busy with that, when I finished the hammer drift, I started preparing my wrought iron for the the, the sand mine. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Got it prepared, cleaned it up, put it on, and then I just worked on that one, which was a little bit of a waste of gas. But um, I'm not planning on making any more forged knives for the show. There's just not enough time. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, maybe I could, but anyway. We won't get to that. Well, you could, but the thing is, you also just want to get some other shit done and relax before the I'll, show. And I mean, the thing is, I've still got quite a few blades on the bench that need to be finished. So, yeah. Um, dude. I'm. There's lots of time. No, I was in there. I said to Jack, I said to Jack, I'm like so stressed for the show. And he's like, dude. He's like, uh, what did he say? I'm just trying to think how he put it. He said to me, I think you've bitten off a little bit more than you, than you can chew with this show. Mm. But he's like, you're trying, and that's good. Mm. But the thing is, I do feel like that's the case. Well, I remember, I think it was my first Brooklyn show. Mm. Um, so the Thursday night before the show. Sorry, can I stop you right there? How many have you done? I've done two Brooklyn shows. Two. I missed the last one. Okay. Um, but... Uh, before my first show, the Thursday night, I was working till like one o'clock in the morning. Then Friday is the first day of the show. That Friday night, I worked until fucking three o'clock in the morning. Oh, Eventually, my wife oh. came in and said, "Do you know what time it is?" I said, "No, I've got no idea." I said, "It's three o'clock in the morning." Oh no! Because it's trying to get stuff finished, and it's there comes a time when you got to say. Were you in the flow state? Uh, not really. Not I was, really. <laughs> I was in a I was in a motive state, but yeah. it wasn't really flow state because mm. I wasn't 
It was a chicken running with its head cut mm, off. I mm. wasn't getting anything done. That's how I felt earlier today. Mm. Because I was doing, like, mm. I was getting things done. Mm. But I kept leaving shit somewhere. And I'm like, fuck, I had it five minutes ago. Where the fuck is it? Yeah, you're like, moved it. And it's like, <laughs> the squirrels have been running, bro. <laughs> yeah. The squirrels have been running. Need that goddamn shotgun. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you, you, like, you lose the vernier, then you lose the scriber, then you lose, lose oh my word, you lose your fucking mind. Mm. And that's the point. We spoke mm. about this last, I mm. can't remember what episode, but I think mm. we spoke about this before. If you can keep things with you as you need them or at the place where you're working, like, don't take shit and put it somewhere else and put it somewhere. That's the thing you have to be very conscious of because mm. it wastes time so much. And I, I mean, and well, I mean, we're all guilty of it. But I mean, I've been to Jack's workshop and he isn't, it isn't the tidiest of place, but everything has its place. Mm. Mm. And Jack will know exactly where whatever it is he's looking for is. There's um, not, e- okay, <clears throat> let me say not ever because that's mm. not true. But most times, mm. Even if he is looking for something, mm. he finds it in a few minutes. Yeah. He knows more okay. or less where it is. Yeah. He knows more or less where it is. So I'm not saying you need to have, like, okay, use the Bernie, put it back, use the Bernie, put it mm. back, use the scratch up, put it back. Like, yes, I understand where you're working, you grab the mm. shit that you need and you go and fucking do the job. But but if you keep it at that place where you're working, then that's it makes it a bit easier. Yes. So yes. If, you, if you know you've got one place where you mark out, yes. then you leave the shit there that you're using for yeah. marking out. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to have the two very fucking nice drivers and two very nice fucking <laughs> sets of punches. So, like, I've got one set over here mm. and one set over here. And mm. then I'm like, cool. I work at those two places. I know if I work at those two places, mm. those tools are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, depending on the job, and this is the thing, you've got to kind of set your, your shop up for mm. individual jobs. Mm. I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but if you could, mm. it makes like sort of stations where you can mm. say, okay, here we do the fucking grinding. Mm. Here we do this. Here we do this. Here we mm. do the hand sanding. This is, you know, all of these things we can do. And it's simple things like having something like a piece of granite to to, to mm. do some, like if you're planning on doing some Damascus jewelry or something mm. that you need to sand flat, even your platens, mm. if you want to clean them up real quick, mm. like you can... And this is only if you don't have a surface grinder. If you have a fucking surface grinder, then hats off to you. Yeah, I was actually yeah. chatting to, to Garth because I've got a, a Frankenstein machine. <laughs> that thing is like, that thing is crazy, dude. But uh, it works. But uh, I was thinking, I chatted to Garth during the week. I'm going to get one of his standard patterns, the long pattern like you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to fit that to my belt grinder. Okay. And my one wheel at the bottom, the bearings are a bit clay, they're going. It's a proper grinding wheel. <clears throat> but I was thinking I'm going to, I spoke to God to get one of his standard the steel uh, wheels. A set? Or uh, one? I'm probably going to get two. Okay. The reason I'm going to have two is then I'm going to have one spare. Okay. Because I've got, I've, got a, mm. I've got a big 200 mil contact wheel at the top and oh, at the okay. bottom I've got my small wheel. Okay. I need to get myself some freaking contact wheels, dude. I need to get some contact wheels. I want to start playing a, a little bit with... Contact wheels. you got four contact wheels. I've got a contact for contact wheels. Oh! <laughs> it's a pun. Yes. Arsehole. Don't arsehole me. How dare you? How dare you? You take that back. Okay, I'll take it back. Okay, thank you. Because I'm offended. Because <laughs> I'm so offended. 
people are being offended. People in their offenses. <laughs> My goodness. Offenses are like fences. They can be cut down. <laughs> and then you fucked. Anyway. <laughs> so, so how many how many knives uh, are you hoping to have done by God, Don't ask me that question. Why you gotta be a dick? I don't know. Dude, I'm planning I'm planning on okay, just hold on. One, two, three, four, five, five, six, hopefully six. At very least. If I can get more done in that period of time, mm. I'll be very happy. But the thing is, as Jack says, rather go there with less knives but fucking nice ones. Yeah. Don't try to do everything shit. Like sometimes you have to pick your battles. Mm. And and the thing is it's not a problem if you've been grafting from the time that you knew that Brooklyn was coming up. Mm. Sure. The problem is I've left it too late. I've also and entered a, a, a bit late. But the thing is, um, as Niels always says, it's a knife show, not a knife sale. Sure. So as long as you've got something on the table. Sure. I mean, I'm taking... Uh, I've got two axes on the table. One of them I forged a long time ago. Such a baller, man. Oh, I've got two axes on the table. But the one I made like big, a long time ago, but deal. I just never put a hand. It's a, it's a little mini axe. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to take the sword I made that is not for sale. My wife said she'll divorce me if, um, if I sell it. But I want to wow. take a sword with. Yeah. The one I made in the challenge. She got her points posted. Yeah, she did. I know where I sleep at night, and I'm not selling the sword. <laughs> I was tempted to make another sword for the thing, but no time. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> my watch says I must get up and move my ass. Fuck that. No smoke. <clears throat> yeah, so, so, yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, it's... Uh, I, and what Jack says is true. I mean, yeah. if you go there with four knives or five knives, <clears throat> um, it's better than going there with... Ten knives, ten shitty knives. Sure. To go with four or five great knives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the thing is here, like yes, I agree with what Neil said, like for sure. But there's more behind it for me. Like mm-hmm. I was talking to Grant about this the other day, and I said to him, like I am stressing, but it's not because I want to show like that I'm a shit or anything. Like it's. It's because I want to make the people that have helped me proud. Like I want to, I want to make Jack proud. I want to show him that I have been. Because it's a, it's a huge sacrifice of somebody's mm. time to mm. take on somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing, mm. and teach them to a point where they can. So, like, if you're putting out shit now, mm. like, look, if it's the best you can do at that point, it's mm. fine. But the thing is, you've got to keep trying as hard as you can to progress. And it and it shows appreciation for the people who do take mm. the time to to teach you. And I mean, they are the ones that are are the best judge of your progress because mm. you know sometimes you can be your worst fucking critic. Absolutely. So absolutely, and it's very encouraging. Mm. And it it it's not it's not a selfish um, like want of approval or so. it's just to. Yeah, of course you want to feel proud of yourself, mm. of course. But the thing is, it's not, it's not some misguided um, show of your skill. Mm. You know, it's you want to put the best out there because you want a good product out there first mm. of all. But you also want to make people proud who taught you. 
and 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 a lot of a lot of guys in the knife making community have taken the time to to show me the way like from the beginning niels was mm. a big one from the beginning mm. but i think niels started starting getting frustrated with me because mm. he realized that wasn't my focus at that time yeah and now that it is my focus he's he's more giving of of mm. advice and time and things like that so did you, did you see that little clip that uh uh, Alex Norton from the Forgecast did it. It was app. brilliant. It I was brilliant. It what was stunning. He is. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Those knives aren't going to forge themselves, <laughs> dude. Oh, I, was I, I, Alex, if you are listening to this right now, we mm-hmm. should, we should, we should tag them. Yeah, we should tag, tag them, please. Mm-hmm. Alex, if you are listening, you should be. Because we listen to your podcast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so you should invest in making that a thing, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you can develop some sort of a basic app, I'm not sure how, how much money it costs to make an app. Yeah, can't be that much money. Yeah. Um, that that's just an alarm with these these beautiful inspirational <laughs> Niels quotes. Yeah, what the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that video of mine was, uh, mm. no, so this is a fucking cake look. I, th- <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty good, mm. but, oh, Alex did a brilliant job. There's another business idea. So you. good. You'll have to get it past Niels. As you make, uh, one of the guys I work with, um, he's got a little, one of those bobblehead things. <laughs> of, Niels bobblehead. <laughs> of Walter from Jeff <laughs> And if you push the button, it plays a whole lot of these quotes, like, Marriage is pushing. This one's taking forever. <laughs> Stop pushing the button, dumbass. <laughs> we should do a Neil's bobblehead with little tunes like it. <laughs> that would be fucking classic. Oh my god! Can you imagine? It'll be a. Oh, it'll be such a thing, bro. Can you imagine? Gonna... I'd put that in my shop like the ba- I would be paying shit tons of batteries because I'd be pressing <laughs> that shit all the time. So funny. We're going to have to run that past deals. We've got to give him that business idea that maybe we can get Dude. like a royalty cut, cut like you know, 20% or so. Dude. Maybe like 1% will even do. <laughs> Dude, we should, we, should, we should talk about this. Mm. But um, yeah, let's talk about some other topics like archery. Archery? Mm. Archery in the flow state. Oh, yes. Right. So you've shot a bit with a bow. Mm. I used to shoot a compound bow. Um, I've yet to take an animal with a compound bow. That, that was my aim. I've, I've had a bushbuck on full draw, but I just couldn't see his front leg. Mm. Um, yeah, you, but that, it's chancy. At what, what how many? How many 30 meters. Yeah. And it was walk and stalk, and, and he was standing there broadside. It's just there was a bush between me and him, so mm. I couldn't see the underside and I couldn't see his front leg. Mm. So I had him there full draw, holding, 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 because yeah. if I let go, he's going to see me and he's going to fuck off. Oh, jeepers. And, and that takes a toll, like, especially with a recurve bow, that takes a toll on your muscles. Like no, with even, a, even a cam, even a cam or a, Sure, sure. It's, it's still there, for sure, it's but it's not there. as much. It's not as much. Not but as much. When that buck, the buck then turned and went up next to the fence, mm. uh, and he was in the shadow, and as he turned up, I let off. But then he wanted to come out, and as he was coming out, so another fucking little baby bushbuck ram came along, and they both barked at each other and fucking ran. Oh, but after no. that, 
I had Bockwurst. I had yeah, the yeah. Rattles. Man. Yeah, man. But that, that is my, still, even though I didn't get the animal, it was the best, one of the best hunting experiences I've ever had. It's a huge, huge, huge um, kick that you get out of hunting. Yeah. Okay? And I'm not talking about it from like, oh, I killed something. Mm. No. It's not about that. Mm. It's this thing that, it's this amazing skill that you've acquired yeah. to take, take an animal down for acquiring food. Mm. And I've got nothing against trophy hunting but i don't i don't choose to do it myself look mm. when it comes to canned lion hunting and mm. things like that it starts getting a bit dodgy right no, now, i don't i don't want to get involved in any of that discussion no. right now we're talking about uh, harvesting animals uh, for food yes we're talking about like ethical hunting right mm. and it's an incredible feeling because you get this feeling of um accomplishment but also this amazing appreciation for the animal that you've taken mm. that you've been able to outsmart the animal which mankind mm. has been having to do for thousands of years yeah. to acquire food when they spoke about hunter gatherer mm. they had to be gatherers because they couldn't always guarantee a hunt mm. that they were going to have a successful hunt mm. so hunter gatherers mm. that was early humans right mm. and all these flints Flint uh, cutting tools and things like that, atlatls that predated the bow, yeah. uh, throwing sticks and all these different primitive mm. traps they would use, and so this is this is a massive part of mm. us as humans, and and mm. it's a it's understandable that today <clears throat> with the new hunting technology that we've got with regard to new rifles, and scopes, and, mm. and compound bows with freaking whisker biscuits and drop away arrow rests and all sorts of all shit. sorts of things like yeah it's crazy but it's the evolution of hunting and you cannot deny whether you're a mm. vegan or whether you're a, a flippin what's the other one the other one's worse a vegetarian or a vegan a vegan vegan's the worst man <laughs> though like i've got nothing wrong with people mm. who are vegans but don't judge me because i'm not one right that's yeah. generally my experience with vegans yeah. But anyway, now nothing against vegan? vegans. Nothing against vegans, guys. Mm. The way you choose to live your life is totally up mm. to you. But here's the thing. Cannot deny that it is a huge part of people's... Uh, there's something in us that mm. gives us a satisfaction that we know that we can... Because ultimately, that's what it used to mean back in the day, is that you could stop the hungry kid from crying. Mm. And this, that you could put food in its belly, that you could provide for the tribe, for your family. And it's... it's, it's um, you know, even though we don't do it as much anymore, I mean, now we go to a job to put food on the table. So, in a sense, it's the same thing. The food has to come from somewhere. It's totally not the same. No. I hear what you're saying, how but it's, it's not the same. Yeah, so what I'm trying to get across is that even though we, we're not strictly hunter-gatherers anymore, yeah. we are in a sense in that we have to go and provide a service in order to pay someone to give us the food. Sure. Sure. But it's I, not the same it, thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's a modern take on the mm. same thing, but it's a shitty replica mm. because there is something very connecting and something very, very profound in the experience of hunting an animal. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's... The last, the last buck I shot was... Fuck, that was when I... Before I started... It says more than 12 years ago. Maybe 13 years ago or so. 
Yeah. It was an Impala Ram. Yeah. And I remember it still clear as day. We were walking along the edge of a hill, but there's these like furrows from water erosion. Mm. We came up, and there was a bushbuck ram standing there. I tried to get a bead on him. I just didn't have a good, uh, I didn't have a good rest. I, I just couldn't hold it. So the buck moved off. We went through the next water erosion, came up, and as we were coming around the corner, I saw the ram standing there, and I thought, whoop. And I went, lay down, went prone, took aim, shot the animal, and it dropped, like, I think it was five meters from where I shot it. But it was just, there was no thinking involved. It was all, like, it was a flow state. Yes. It was, yes. And it's, so, and then after that, man, because I get buck fever. I get bad. it too. I get but it too. I only had it after I'd taken the animal. Yeah. And it was, I, I still remember mm. where the crosshairs were sitting on the animal when the shot went off. Mm. And I heard the impact, and I knew it was a good impact. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about hunting. Just from my my short period of time doing some hunting, is that um, <coughs> it's first of all, it's a massive responsibility to take another life. Hmm. It's a massive responsibility. You know, from the ethical hunter's point of view, you want to take it as clean as possible. Hmm. Um, it's it's not fun. I know guys who have done things that give bad bad names to hunters mm. or, or make people who hunt look bad. Mm. Um, they do some, some really fucked up shit, and I, I don't appreciate that. But the thing about um, this whole process is that you, you, you get into this, especially if you've done it enough, like yourself, mm. obviously, you, you get into that flow state, as you mm. say, and then things just, you know, automatically the process of what you need to do to get to this point. Mm. And it's, it's, it's sometimes it's circumstantial because you've got mm. all these different variables. You've got, mm. you got to, to recognize their senses and understand what mm. they're doing and how their body language is like. Have they seen you? Like, have mm. they heard you? Are they nervous? You've got to kind of read that body language. So you're mm. interacting. <clears throat> Especially when you've done it for years and years and years, as, mm. I, as I say, like yourself, where you in the bush, you you know this this animal intimately. You know mm. it's it's how it reacts. Mm. You know what it does. You know how, like especially if you're hunting with a bow, mm. like what's the how long does it take for them to hear that that string go, mm. and what reaction time do they have? Mm. Like you learn all of these things. And you become to understand, you, you start, you become to understand, wow, sorry, I'm, I'm blazing, guys. But you begin to understand that this animal is either very intelligent or, or is not as intelligent as mm. other animals. And it's only from our perspective of measuring mm. intelligence. Yeah. But the thing is, it's such a, it's such a grounding thing to do. To understand that you can you can go through this process whether it's whether it's primitive hunting or whether it's uh, modern hunting mm. or whatever it is like it's a very very profound experience on you that life is super fragile mm. and and death is ultimately where all of us are going. There's nothing we can do about it. Mm. You know, somebody said this on on Joe Rogan's podcast mm. that. There's nothing we can do about it. We And it sounds like a very obvious statement, mm. but we're going to tomorrow. Mm. 
there's nothing we can do about it. Whether mm. that's in in a in a body bag, or mm. whether that's in like mm. like like a party of cocaine and hookers <laughs> <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> you know, like you're going someday. <clears throat> yeah. And um, they were also talking about regarding archery specifically, and this mm. is what I was speaking to you about mm. earlier. The whole goal, because they were saying like archery is a such a beautiful experience because you you have to do all of these things and control all these variables so that you can shoot consistently in any environment. That is the ultimate mm. goal, right? Yeah. You do all of these things like your release, your anchor points, your breathing, mm-hmm. all of these things start. And and like there's no ego involved when you. This is what they were saying about this. I don't I don't want to say like. It's what I was saying. But there's no ego involved. Like, if you miss the target, you fucking missed. Something happened there. You can't deny it. it. Sorry? And it's something you did to make it not easy. It's something that you did. Or Mm. or it deflected, the arrow deflected off of a bush or something. Right? So, yeah, there's there's some things you just can't help. Mm. Sometimes shit goes down, mm. but you can only control as much as you can control to hit the target. Mm. And this is what this is the point they made that I thought was so profound. I think it was uh, what's that guy um, Duncan Trussell. Duncan Trussell. Mm. Shout out to you, my man, if you ever listen to this. But he's such a cool guy, mm. and he's. I think it was him that said uh, that's why he relates it back to life, mm. because in 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 any circumstance, if you can hit the target. Mm. of of being reasonable being a good person just understanding that other people are also dealing with shit mm. and trying to just be reasonable mm. i think joe w- mm. said being reasonable is a huge part of it mm. but if if like if bullseye is to be calm and loving mm. and understanding mm. and sure you also feel like shit some days and mm. some days you'll miss the target mm. But in any circumstance, whether it's confrontational or emotional or whatever it is, if you can just hit the target consistently, control all the variables that you can control mm. and hope for the best. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, I read it somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but, you know, in any situation, you, you always have two choices. You can, cho- and it depends on what the situation is, which choice you you can either choose to react or you can choose to act. So True. reaction is uncontrolled. Mm. So if if a mosquito lands on you and you slap it, it's sort of uncontrolled. Um, but <laughs> it is. But uh, if you can control um, your your action and you decide, yes. I, I decide now. Yes. I'm yes. not going to do that. Or I'm going to do this. Mm. That is the choice. That is the better option in most cases. And it says, yeah. the, so I think it's a Chinese proverb, proverb or whatever. It's only when a, a mosquito lands on your testicles that you realize that violence isn't the solution to everything. <laughs> <laughs> what? what is what is that? Really? Or well, I read it somewhere. Oh, I don't know how true it is. Goodness, but that's gold. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Let's. Mm. Um, oh man, look. The thing is, the thing about it is that um, yes, you do sometimes think this is bullshit. I have justification in feeling this way, 
And because of that, I'm going to react this certain way. Or because this person's shouting at me, I'm going to shout back at them. I'm not going to bring this energy down. I'm going to show that I'm dominant. I'm going to show that I'm the, I'm the alpha here or whatever it is. Like, is the squeeze worth the juice? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you, yeah. you've got to ask yourself the question, is the shit that could come from this worth the squeeze? Like, is yeah. it worth even getting involved in? Yeah. You know, like, the, like you always see these keyboard warriors, yeah. and they're just going for it. It's, and you like, like... It's the subtle art of not giving a fuck. You don't need to entertain it. No, there's... You, know, you don't have to fight every single battle, mm. okay? There's definitely things that you cannot um, avoid, mm. that you definitely have to mm. take action, but you're conscious of taking a action that you mm. think is going to be the most beneficial for the circumstance, mm. that the, the most beneficial uh, things that could come out of the circumstance mm. are dictated by this particular action that I'm going to take in the circumstance. Mm. So... That's the whole thing. And I mean... Uh, and that, that's just being mindful. It's being mindful. And it's, it, comes, it comes... I read it, or I listened to it on that audio book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It was a brilliant book. Yeah. We've all got a limited number of fucks to give. I think so, yeah. So you may, you've got to need to make sure that you, you use those fucks to give for the right things. 100%. Um, 100%. And as I think, as Mike Tyson says, people go around on, on social media talking like they've never been punched in the mouth before. <laughs> Everybody got planned to get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, like, yeah. you know, and this is why I think, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be like such an advocate mm -hmm. of, of no one. <laughs> but the thing is, like, <clears throat> I feel, um, and I know people are going to ramp me for this, but mm. this is my rap, right? Mm. I think that, and I've, I've explained this to my girlfriend as well, I think that weed, for me personally right now, this time in my life, mm. is something that is helping me to understand what I need to do to improve. Mm. Because it's very much for me a... a like some people do meditation to do mm. some self-reflecting and things mm. like that. Or you might do some trippy stuff like Kundalini, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kundalini yoga. Mm. Um, so yeah. So, but the thing is, if you can just take time mm. to figure out what issues do I have and why? And it's, it's also, you need to figure out is we've all got these things going on in our brain. Um, you need to figure out, is it something you can control? Yeah. Or is it something you can't control? And if it's something you can't control, you have to let go of it. Yes. Um, and it's like you said, some people use weed. Mm. And for some people, weed works. For some people, it definitely doesn't work. Yeah, there's definitely people who shouldn't smoke. Weed, <clears throat> but, sure. you know, each person has their own way of doing it, whether it's meditation or yeah. running or flipping exercise or smoking weed or doing mushrooms or whatever. You know, do what works for you. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting anybody else. As, as long as you're not, as long as this is not self-destructive mm. and as long as you're not hurting anybody else mm. and as long as you respect it. Yeah. Those three points, mm. I think, and in moderation, fourth point. Mm. So, okay, moderation for me is not really a thing right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is like, 
like as long as it is not being destructive in your life, mm. like you just like some people get high and they just don't don't want to do anything or they mm. just want to sleep. Or so mm. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it mm. depends what type of strain. If you mm. find a strain that works for you and it helps you, mm. use it. If it does fuck all for you, if if it has negative effects, don't use it. I mean, but Joe Rogan don't write it off. Yeah, you know, Joe Rogan likes the paranoia effect that it has on you. Mm. So he's like. Fuck, I've got to get shit done. And he gets the shit done. Yeah. Whereas yeah. It doesn't have that same effect on everybody. He says before he goes to show, mm-hmm. like goes on, on stage, mm-hmm. like he'll, I think this is what he said. I don't want to misquote him, but mm-hmm. I think he said he'll, he's taken uh, like a joint or some mm-hmm. edible. Mm-hmm. He, he went into a Kundalini class <laughs> and he, he was high on edibles. <laughs> and he's like tripping balls in there. <laughs> and he's like, it's so crazy because nobody's talking to you. You're yeah. just like there for 90 minutes, I think he said yeah. it was. And he's just like, he's tripping. Mm-hmm. And he's like doing this hectic, all these like moves, mm-hmm. these, these positions yeah. and breathing exercises and Kundalini in itself. Mm-hmm can be i believe it can be uh like a almost like a hallucinogenic experience like mm, some sort of transcendence experience or mm. or tapping into another level of consciousness or mm. however you want to put it mm. but so that's crazy like doing mm. those two things combined <laughs> wow dude yeah. wow he's such a legend though he's yeah, like 50 and, yeah. and he looks like a young cat eh? well not okay. young but like he looks wise he looks strong he looks healthy and he he he, he always goes back on his oh, he's just a knucklehead you know he's a comedian he's he's actually fucking super intelligent um and the thing he's is, super intelligent he knows a lot of shit about a lot of shit and the thing is as well he doesn't profess to have that knowledge so he's not arrogant about mm. it. and he's always open to learning more. Yeah. And so if he's wrong, he's like, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, he did it. They they had a podcast oh, was probably about a month ago or something. And okay. he misquoted something. Yeah. And the very next day, he, he did apologized. It, he apologized. Publicly. Said, publicly. Yeah. He did it on yeah. Instagram. I saw everything. that. I and, saw that. Uh, you know, that's the type of genuine hope. So Genuine. That's why a lot of the, the leftists... Or, or people, they're very scared of him because, you know, you can't talk smack about Joe Rogan because he's had so many people on his show that they're going to say he's speaking shit. He, and all his stuff is out in the open. Yeah, so, it's... He's, yeah. He's, he's definitely... I would say he's definitely a better example than mm. other people who are into psychedelics. Mm. Um, that I know of, at least. Mm. I mean, they might, might be very like Graham Hancock has mm. taken edibles and and, mm. and weed and ayahuasca mm. and things like. Very respectable person. So, mm. <clears throat> I think that he's a good example for people who are thinking about like if you're a young person mm. and you you're thinking about smoking weed, like I would suggest watching Joe Rogan's podcast because he doesn't promote it. Mm. But he says, if it works for you, it's a good thing. Mm. It can be a good thing. Mm. He, also he views it in a very balanced way, is what um, I want to say. He also, he, you know, one of the, the the negative things about weed is more for, for younger people whose, whose brains are still developing that it can have a negative effect on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's even said uh, when it comes to... Uh, are these sorry? Can I cut you off? Yeah. Are these sound waves fine? Like, yeah, they're fine. They, I can amplify it. Okay. Yeah. All it's right. just there's not going to be as much background. Okay. Okay. 
But uh, what he said is, is like, even, um, he's got nothing against Roy's testosterone. Sure. Um, he says... It's for men over a certain age. Over a certain age when your yeah. body stops or mm. produces far less of it. Mm. And um, there's a guy I follow on, on YouTube, uh, Warp Legacy. Um, he's suffered a lot with depression and anxiety and stuff. And he actually finally is on testosterone replacement therapy. And he is completely different. He is... In a good way. In a very, very good way. I mean, okay. even... Even in his videos, he looks so much better, so much healthier, well, full of energy. If you think of the fact that that's definitely something that your body produces, mm. and if you have a deficiency of anything in your body, mm. there is definitely some resulting negative issue. Mm. So I think for people who are missing it in their body, mm. either due to some sort of sickness, I don't know if that's a thing, but... There could mm. it could be a factor. Mm. Um, I know some people have to take test uh, not testosterone, uh, take um, basically steroids, which I think has something to do with testosterone. Yeah, well, testosterone is a steroid. Okay, so but that is something that your body naturally produces. So mm. if you're lacking that somehow, or if mm. you're over a certain age, I don't think young people should use it. No, definitely not. It's definitely up to them for sure. I'm not mm. going to judge anybody. I've known some guys who have been on it, and we used to play touch rugby with these guys. Mm. These guys would always get in fights. Mm. They were so... These particular guys, I'm not mm. generalizing, mm. but I'm saying these particular guys were so aggressive. Mm. He's, this one guy, this this uh, little short guy, mm. he had glasses on, mm. and, he, and he was chirping this, this big steroided mm. beefed up guy. Mm. And he was chirping this guy. Mm. And he's like, no, that wasn't... I can't remember what they were arguing Mm. about. Oh, man. And this guy just cracked him (laughs) across the face. His glasses broke and flew flew off his face. Mm. And he was on the ground. eh? This guy cracked him solid. Mm. There was almost a very big fight there. eh? The thing is as well, you know, um, if you take steroids at a very young age, you suppress the adrenal function. Of your body, so and that is a serious problem. That has bad. Ne- Can you effects. educate me? Adrenal gland. Adrenal gland. It, what is what is? I it think do? it produces your natural testosterone. Okay. So if you take more testosterone, where is that located? I think it, I don't know. I think it's in your brain or something. I don't know. The adrenal gland. Yeah, because I know the pineal gland, like. They often think of it as the third eye. That's mm. that's somewhere in the sort of the center of your head, or it's at the base below the center, or it's above in the, the center, center. But it's it's at the base of your of your brain. Yeah, uh, it's just below your reptilian brain. Mm. Okay, I think. All right, we're All not right. medical. We're, we're not we're not scientists, so don't take any of this as uh, mm. as as uh, the pineal gland is definitely a thing. Mm. But where it's located, I know it's located in the head, mm. in the in the brain somewhere. But I'm not sure exactly where it is. But they suppose, mm. they, they suspect rather, mm. that DMT is created in the in the in the pineal gland? It is created in your body. Yes, I know it's created in the body, but mm. I don't know if it's by the pineal gland. I don't want to misquote information or anything mm. like that. But I think that's what scientists are starting to suspect mm. or have proven. And They've I've proven that it's that it's definitely in in rats, yeah. uh, in, in the brains of rats, I think if they have a pineal gland, I'm not sure, they must do. 
Maybe. But I think I think that um, deep, deep, deep meditation, I think, can promote the production of DMT in your body. I think I've heard it somewhere. Yes. Well, I'm that would sure. that would make un- that would make sense to me. Look, as I say, I'm not mm. sure about all these things like Kundalini and all that jazz. But if like they they were also suspecting. So first of all, like these high levels of of visions that you see with DMT and things like that, they suspect that dreaming when you're dreaming and you're dreaming about shit that makes total sense in the dream. Mm. But in real life, when you wake up and you think about it, you're like, that was fucked up. Who was that? Like, it's, I didn't know these people, but you, you're seeing it and, and it's these, these visions essentially. Mm. And the thing is they, they are suspecting now that, um, DMT is, is perhaps part of this dream state, dream state that, that your brain releases it somehow and that you see these visions in, in this process of, of uh, dreaming. That's why I do not like dreaming because sometimes I have these really vivid dreams and they are just fucked up and twisted and they cause such anxiety when I wake up. And, and it freaks me the fuck out. That's why I don't like dreaming. Okay. I enjoy dreaming. Because whenever I... I'm very conscious of my um, my state of mind. Mm. I can definitely feel when there's a shift. Mm. Um, when, when I'm feeling very positive about things. And I generally am. But sometimes a lot more so than others. Um, so I, I can definitely feel when I'm in a more positive state of mind and things like that and when I am like that I find that I I dream a lot more often and even if it's a bad dream I I I don't read into it too much but I try to think about them because I I personally I don't just think that it's a way of your brain just processing random Mm -hmm. information I do think that there are things that can be learned by some dreams Mm. maybe not all of them but it definitely does say something mm. about what's in your head, what's going on in your head. Why do you have particular dreams over and over and over? I've had a particular dream for many, many years. When I was younger, it was it was definitely there. And as an adult, it's, it's sometimes there as well. That I jump and I don't necessarily have wings, but I, but I fly. Like over mountains mm. and then I go down and then I can decide when I can go up and it's such mm. an incredible feeling because yeah. you in that dream and it's you almost cannot a lucid dream. it's like it's a seriously lucid dream mm. and this is the thing that mm. like what we're experiencing now is very real but it's yeah. because we in the state of consciousness yeah when you're in the state of dreaming <laughs> that dream can be so real that you mm. can't differentiate it from reality mm. unless you reason with the logical mind inside mm. the dream that's when you can do I've had a dream where I've known that it was a dream I've had one or two but that's you can sort crazy. of control it yes but Ooh, dude that is that is in that's like if they could make a video game mm. inside your dream where you mm. could stay in longer and you could just do shit and yeah. do like fucked up shit. Yeah. Like I think that would take crime. Like put mm. people on psilocybin and DMT yeah. and weed and shit mm. and edibles. Mm. 
and put them through this experience, I think we will have better people for yeah. it. Except schizophrenic people. We yeah. don't we don't want to expose them to the God, Joe Rogan thinks the world would be a lot better if people did a fucking hallucinogenic uh, or MDMA or something. I agree with him. For certain people. Mm. For certain people. I agree with him. But the thing he is He reckons all politicians should do a fucking DMT trip. Yeah. It'll sort their shit out. It'll sort their <laughs> shit out for sure. Because I think my belief is that the majority of polit- politicians are all fucking correct. Of course they are, dude. Yeah. Of course they are. If you get into that game and that level of stress, like it's not normal. How can you? How can you stay true and mm. honest and and not lie under that amount of pressure with with mm. people under you telling you their their plans and things like? Look, I'm not sure how presidency works exactly. But I mean, I'm sure there must be counselors and some mm. uh, people who give you advice and tell you what to do. Not what to do necessarily, but, you know, there's probably that aspect to it. Mm. Now, I think we're going to have to start winding this one down. Winding it down? Yeah, you know, we're over an hour already, and the wife is asking, Where are you? Hey, Shposa. And we don't want our playdate stop. No, no, we don't. <laughs> But it has mm. been good, guys. Mm. It has been good. We are so looking forward to Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, although it's a bit of a stressful time, we are looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. And, that um, whatever, however many knives we have ready. Mm. Um, and I think it's going to be good for the podcast as well. We're going to get to yeah. to interact more with the people who listen and yes. other knife makers and things. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think it will be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. My brother's going to be coming through. Uh, my girlfriend's going to be coming through. And uh, it's going to be incredibly awesome. Yeah. It's just going to be great. And if you can get there, get there. Because it is the biggest knife show in Africa. Africa. In Africa. In Africa? Yep. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. I think we can cut it there. Um, so, yeah. Thanks yeah. for listening, guys. If you got to this point, yes. you didn't bore the shit out of you. <laughs> we had fun, and that's the main thing. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Guys, just want to say we appreciate you. We appreciate yeah. your support. Thanks a um, lot, guys. Check us out at Instagram, on Instagram, rather, yeah. uh, on at, at Open Hearth Cast. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks a Cheers, lot, guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearth Cast. Find us on Instagram at openhearthcast and we'll see you again real soon.